0: Well, good morning, everyone. Look at somebody sitting nearby you. Give them a big smile. Tell them you're glad to see them at Grace Church today. I do want to take this opportunity to welcome everyone to campus. Those joining us on Facebook Live and live stream, thank you for joining us today. We pray that the service will be a blessing to you. Before we start uh, our worship set this morning, let me just remind you, ladies, the uh, ladies' tea will be held today. Everybody say today. Today. today at the Cottage Tea Room. That's over on Jor Road from 2 until 5. So don't forget that. If you don't have it on your calendar, now's a good time to do that because it is imminent. It is about to happen. Uh, Tuesday morning prayer this Tuesday at 10 o'clock right here in the sanctuary. If your schedule allows, we would love for you to be a part of that. And then don't forget that next Sunday, Brother Darrell Weber, our district superintendent for the state of Louisiana, is going to be uh, with us speaking and ministering in the 11 o'clock service, and we are looking forward to that. He um, he has a tremendous vision uh, for the campground and, and what is about to happen there in terms of construction project and expanding and building. I, I would think he's going to share some of that with us. Uh, But even if he doesn't, he's a dynamic speaker, wonderful preacher of the word, and you'll leave inspired next Sunday by the ministry of Brother Weber. So please come and bring a friend, and uh, let's have a good time in church next Sunday. And then finally, ladies, uh, women's conference will be held in Tioga March 9th through 11th. So make a note of that, and go if you can and be blessed. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together uh, all over the house, if you will. And uh, we are getting ready to worship God today with the praise team. And I just feel this morning like uh, my posture is, is I don't, I don't want to take these moments for granted. I, I, I just feel like we're in a, in a beautiful place. It's a wonderful campus, wonderful brothers and sisters in our church community. But most of all, the presence of the Lord, it, it just has a way of showing up, doesn't he? Especially on Sunday mornings, he just kind of comes and fills this place. And I don't want to let it get by me. I don't want it to pass by and, and, and just say, well... You know, I'm not feeling good today, so I'll catch it next week. Or, you know, I've got something later today, and I'm not focused, so I'll catch it next week. I want to take full advantage of the moment that's been offered. This moment, to be in the presence of God, to to entertain His presence and fellowship with Him, and get everything out of this moment I can. If you feel that way today as well, would you clap your hands to Jesus and shout with a voice of triumph. God bless you, Grace Church.
1: Telling us that no matter what the battle is, no matter what it is that we're facing, that He is with us and He has already won this battle. So if you would just surrender to Him and you would just give it up to Him right now
2: and lift your voice and begin to declare that healing, begin to declare that that, famously, that miracle, whatever it is, that that battle would be.
3: Let's clap our hands to Jesus today. Let's love Him. Thank the Lord. Can you love Him today? Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The song, the song that they have just sung is an amazing segue into what I want to preach to you about today. I appreciate the presence of the Lord here Glad all of you are here. Glad to have everybody here today. Those that attend Grace Church regular, those that are our guests today, welcome. We're so glad you're here. I am really thankful God is here today. I'm thankful to feel His presence right now. Don't you love Jesus? Don't you love the Lord here today? Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. We're so grateful to see all of you here. And uh, thank you for your wonderful... Uh, response and openness to the presence of the Lord here today. Again, we welcome all of our guests. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, it's made our day that you would come and worship the Lord with us here at Grace Church. I want to call your attention to the Word of God today. I just want to go right into our scripture reading found in Second Kings chapter 4 to most here today I suppose this will be a familiar reading 2nd Kings chapter 4 beginning with verse 1 Now, there cried a woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha saying thy servant my husband is dead and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord and the creditor is come, everybody say the creditor creditor has come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen this was a standard of lifestyle and justice if you will during this time if a man owed a debt and he died without it being paid the people he owed the debt to could come and take their children and make slaves out of them to pay that debt Elisha said unto her what shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go borrow thee vessel, vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. Borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and thou shalt pour out into all those vessels thou shalt set aside that which is full so she went from him and shut the door and her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured out and it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son bring me yet a vessel and he said unto her there's not a vessel more and the oil stayed the oil never ran out then she came and told the man of God and he said go sell the oil and pay thy debt And live thou and thy children of the rest. I want to speak to you for a little while about the blessing of emptiness. The blessing of emptiness. Hashtag, I'm coming. The blessing of emptiness. Hashtag, I'm coming. Everybody say thank the Lord for the word. Thank you for your patience and standing. You may be seated. I have found through the years it has been so fulfilling to have a relationship with God. I was having a conversation with someone just several days ago and they expressed such a true feeling that they just don't know how people live without a relationship with God, don't know how people live without a church. Sometimes things happen in your life and there's just no substitute for the presence of God and the church. The wonderful thing about a relationship with God is you can believe in things and you don't have to fully understand it. You just believe it without having to give a full explanation of it. For example, I use a light switch at my house all the time, but I don't totally understand how all of that works. That is a true statement. The Israelites in the Old Testament ate manna for 40 years in the wilderness and they never did understand how that happened Nobody still understands how that happened and exactly what it was. I've had the Spirit of the Lord on the inside of me for 53 years. And I still can't explain it, but I still love it. I love having a relationship with God. Is anybody else in the building on board with that? It's an amazing thing to have a relationship with God. Yes, it is. And along with the presence of God in your life comes all the promises of god and all of the promises of god as we know are full of power and they're full of blessing and today god is looking for somebody here today who might be a little empty and he wants to fill you up with his presence and with his promise everybody say amen as the praise team just sang, saying i I believe there's still a hunger and a desire among God's people to believe and receive God's promises. But I also believe that there is a hunger and desire in the heart of God that wants to pour out His blessing and promise into the lives of people. I believe that today. His promises are far easier to know and believe than what you may think. Everyone here today. Everyone here today can believe and receive any and all of his promises. He just needs an empty vessel to pour them into. The scripture that I just read is about a woman whose husband died. And because she didn't have the wherewithal to pay her husband's debts, as I just mentioned, the creditor was coming the person that she owed that money to, that her husband owed that money to, were coming to take her two sons and to sell them into slavery to recover his money. I want every every parent here today, every parent, to do your best to get your head around what I just said. You owe money paying off a house, a car, Whatever it is, your spouse passes away and the bank is going to send somebody to your house and is going to take your children and literally traffic them into some kind of slavery so they can get their money back that you owe them. I cannot imagine living in a society like that. I want to say today, in passing, that whether you realize it or not, we are kind of living in a society like that. It's not physical, but it's spiritual. That the world, sin, the devil, is a creditor. Yes, he is. And he wants to destroy us as individual people. He wants to destroy our families. Yes, he does. And he certainly wants to have our kids. I want to say to Grace Church today, if there's ever a time we have stood our ground in our relationship with God now, is a time to stand your ground. The devil's not having my kids, not on my watch. He's not having my grandkids, not on my watch. I hope you feel the same here today. Praise the Lord. We have to do whatever it takes to keep our families close to God. The world is knocking on your door right now, and it wants your kids. It wants you, but it really wants your kids. It wants to take our kids from us. And in some cases and in some families, I terribly regret to say he already has. Moms and dads here today, we must empty ourselves often and consistently of our own worldliness and sin and get ourselves right before God. We must get in our prayer closet and pray for our kids every day. Pray a blood covering over them every day. Ask God to keep a hedge about them every day. I want the devil in the world to know what's sitting on the front two rows of this church is not for sale. It's not negotiable. It's not, we're not going to bargain. We're not going to make any kind of a deal. These people belong to Jesus. They belong to the kingdom. And this is where they need to be. Everybody clap your hands to the Lord and shout yes. Thank the Lord. The prophet Elisha asked this woman when she expressed her dilemma to him. He asked her an interesting question. I want you to notice she was the wife of a prophet. She was a church lady. They were consistent, regular people to the house of God. And he asked her, what do you have in your house? He didn't ask her what you have, what do you have at church? What position are you in at church? What title do you have at church? What part do you sing in the choir? What instrument do you play how do you serve what class do you teach he didn't ask none of that he said what do you have in your house i want to preach to somebody here for a few moments today are you looking for for fulfillment in your life has your prior life or the life you're living now not quite doing it for you do you know deep down inside that there's more that you can have in your relationship with God? Do you feel that kind of that ache in your heart? And when you go to bed at night, does your conscience talk to you a little bit and say, God, I wished I had just a little bit more of you in my life? Do you feel like you need God? Are there people here today that feel like you just need God? I need God. Our world is unraveling. Our society is unraveling. I need God. My family needs God. I want to ask you today not what religion you are, not what position you hold in church. I want to ask you today, what do you have in your house? I want to preach to you today. God started at the home. He started with the family. Yes, He did. The first family lived in the presence of God. It was all about their home. There was a family before there was a church. There was a family before there was a preacher. There was a family before there was an altar. There was a family before there was Calvary. Family came first. And if you want God... You can start in your home and say, God, I want you in my family. I want you in my heart, and I want you in my home. What do you have in your house? Let me ask you this question today. What do you have in your house that may not be too inviting to God? What do you have in your house that is making God not feel so welcome? I submit to you today a relationship with God doesn't always start at church. Church isn't where it starts, the home is. Our home should be a place of prayer and worship. Our home should be places of Christ-likeness. Our home should be a place of honor and respect and discipline and accountability, but some of our homes have just a little too much worldliness in it, maybe a bad attitude, maybe inconsistency. Maybe fussing and arguing and unfaithfulness. If you have, I want you to notice today that if you have a terrible home environment and you come to church where there is a great environment and then you go back home to a terrible environment and you wonder... What about all that God stuff and why isn't it working? What about all that church stuff? Why isn't it working? It's because the creditors come to your house and knocked on your door and you let him in. The devil has repossessed some things of value from your life. And folks, it's time to take these things back. My heart is full today. We've got to have our homes back, our families back. We've got to have our kids back. We've got to have mom and dad back. Joshua said, it's for me and my house. We're going to serve the Lord. We're going to serve the Lord. Think with me for a moment to the Old Testament Noah that built the ark. He built an ark. He built a, safe, a, a place of safety for his family. But when the flood was over and he exited the ark, now it was time to rebuild his life. The first thing he built was not a home. The first thing he built was an altar. And we've reached a point in our society today, even in our Christianity, that too many of our homes are without altars. I could preach there for a little while, but I'm going to move on. It's interesting to me (coughs) that Elisha asked that woman, what do you have in your home? He wanted to include her and her kids. He wanted to include them in on what he knew God was about to do for them. Oftentimes, especially in the Old Testament, when you read the miracles, the prophet of God just says, and be it unto you and it's done, and the the person, the family has just become a recipient of the awesome magnitude of God's blessing and power. But in this case, he asked the woman for her help in facilitating this miracle. You want things better in your life? Would you like for your home to be just a little bit better, a little bit happier, a little more fulfilling, your marriage to be a little more fulfilling and what have you? Why don't you help God facilitate that? There are some things you can do. kind of giving away my message here right now but if you can bring God as much of your emptiness as as you can. Don't bring your talent, don't bring your ability, don't bring your smarts, don't bring your education, don't bring none of that, just find that part of you that is so empty and as a praise team just saying so hungry and so full of desire. Just bring that empty part of you. The woman helped God perform her miracle. Talking to some people people here today. I've said in the past and I still believe it. You set the distance between you and God. You can set the distance between you and God. You can be as close to God as you choose. And that's mainly based on your posture and attitude. Or you can be as far away from God as you choose. The ball's on your court. I believe you can also determine the magnitude of impact that God can have in your life. And it's determined by your attitude, your posture, your faith, and so on. He asked the woman, what do you have? She said, all I have is a small vessel and it has some oil in it. Elisha said, go get a lot of vessels, not a few. Go get a lot of pots and pans and bowls and cups and glasses. Find everything you can that's empty. I don't think y'all are quite on board with me. I'm going to keep working through this because it sounds kind of strange. I've got here in front of me in the pulpit and I have one up here every time. Come to this pulpit is a, a bottle of water and it's full. I hadn't even opened it yet. Y'all, I don't know if y'all can see that or not. It's full. So if I'm thirsty, take the lid off of that. And it's already here. And this is how we want God to respond in our life. Bring me the full bottle, God. But Elisha is asking this woman, if you want water, go find an empty bottle. Boy, that sounds strange, doesn't it? If you're thirsty, go find an empty bottle. If you're hungry, go find an empty plate. If you're hungry, find an empty plate, but when you bring the empty plate, be sure you bring a fork because you're gonna need it. As a matter of fact, you could bring a whole set of forks and knives because when God gets done, you're gonna need it. And the context of this message today, and I'm preaching to some people here today. Elisha said, go, you wanna help God facilitate your miracle? Bring all the emptiness that you can find. Bring it to Him. I want to submit to Grace Church here today. God has promises. He has blessings. He has miracles the size of an ocean for everybody here today. But it seems oftentimes when we come to God, we bring an empty thimble. And say, God, fill it up. That's all the emptiness we can find in our life. When God sees this huge chasm of despair and hunger and desire on the inside of us for more of God, we just don't bring to God what He needs that can facilitate the needs in our lives. I submit to Grace Church. God wants to pour Himself out. God wants to minister to us here. He did this morning to several people already. All they had to do was bring just a little bit of emptiness and boom, God was right there. And God even used some people to go pray for people here this morning. Because that person saw a little bit of emptiness and said, hey, God wants to fill you up right now. God wants to comfort you right now. God wants to strengthen you right now. If we will bring our emptiness to Him, He can do something with it. Then Elisha gave her another instruction that I thought was interesting. She sent her boys out to the neighbors and everybody up and down the street. We've all heard the story. Brought in all the empty pots and pans and all everything they could find that was empty. I would love to know what, what all they actually brought. Did they go to some man shop out back and bring his Home Depot bucket, that big orange bucket? Maybe they found a loaves bucket in somebody's yard, the big dark blue one, and they brought that bucket. and. They brought a wheelbarrow, and and, and maybe they found an old wash tub somewhere. It was a little rusty, but I'm going to bring it She said, go find empty, just something empty that can hold something. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what the condition of it is. It doesn't matter where it's been. It doesn't matter if it's got cobwebs in the bottom of it. It doesn't matter if it's not been used in 50 years. It doesn't matter if it's an antique. Is anybody hearing me today? Is my microphone working? I'm preaching a grace church today to somebody that if you're empty on the inside, you're a ripe candidate for God to pour out His blessing, to pour out His Spirit in your life today. So... The prophet gives her another instruction. When you get all of those vessels, when you gather all them in, I want you to close the door of your house. Shut the world out. Shut sin out. Shut all the things that's been tearing you apart. Just shut it out. Close the door on the cemetery where your husband's buried. Close the door on your grief. Close the door on anxiety. Close the door on fear. Close the door on unbelief. Close the door on all the stuff that's going on outside. You gather your two boys in, and you take that little cruise of oil you have in your kitchen, and you just start pouring. That's all I want you to do. That's all you got to do is just start pouring and just pour it. Just pour it. Just pour it. I don't know if y'all are hearing me today. I'm going to make a mess, but just start pouring it. Just here. Here's another one over here. Just pour it. Here's another one over here. Y'all just pour it. Here's another Might as well go ahead and empty it out because I've got some more over here. And if I, if I need some more, I, I've got more over here. I'm just going to keep pouring, and I'm going to keep pouring, and I'm going to keep pouring. I'm telling you folks here today, God is hungry. God is desperate to take what you've got, to take whatever your relationship with God is. And if you start pouring it into the emptiness of your life, it just keeps coming. It keeps coming. Jesus said that out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. This spake he of those who are filled with the Spirit of God. Everybody clap your hands and shout, yes! You make it a family affair. I don't know about the house any of you grew up in, but I know about the house I grew up in. When Mama got inspired, the atmosphere in the house changed. If she got real happy and just started giggling about something funny, my daddy and the kids was giggling. Sometimes we didn't know what she was giggling about. It was just funny. And if she started crying, I remember when she got the phone call of her dad passing away. I was just a little bitty squared. I believe I was in about the second grade. She started bawling and crying and carrying on. I started crying. I didn't even know what it was about. But mama can change the atmosphere. And we have some lady folks here today. If you can get back to a relationship with God that maybe you once had or a relationship with God you never had, you could change the environment in your home. I want to pass this on to our dads. If you're hungry enough, if you're empty enough, and you get tired of the way things are, and you're tired of the status quo and the mundane and the ordinary, you can grab a hold of a relationship with God that will turn your family around that'll impact your kids we can have it if we want it you just need to be a little empty praise God I feel the Holy Ghost here today I feel the Holy Ghost here today she got anointed and she started pouring oil and I'm sure it's kind of like the water I just poured out all over the carpet she spilt it over the sides maybe the first time she was a little careful and just poured it a little bit easy here let me just go a little bit easier right here let me make sure I get it all in there but when she realized the miracle of what was happening in her home I don't care where it ends up at I'm just going to start pouring it have you ever been in a place a restaurant or somewhere and, and they need to pour like 10 glasses of water and they'll just take that picture and they'll fill one up and go to the next one then the next one. they don't even tip it back up I could see that woman just say hey, man this is the coolest thing I've ever seen I've got this a little bit of oil it just keeps coming I don't know where it's coming from but it just keeps coming man I, I keep looking at it and it, it, it never, never runs out and I'm just going to keep pouring, pouring, pouring I'm not preaching to you a fairy tale I've seen this happen in the lives of people all of my life all of my life I've seen people who are on the brink of divorce I've seen people who are alcoholics and drug addicts And you name it, I've seen them come to God with their emptiness. And God turns their life around in a heartbeat. We've all seen it. And some of you are some of them that God changed your life. I'm coming. God, I'm coming. Thank the Lord. All right. I'm going to skip ahead. God uses words, God don't always use, He very rarely uses our natural senses. We have five of them as you know, but most of the time God just uses words. I remember some of you old people, I think it was a song in the 70s where the fellow wrote the song that says, all I have is words to take your heart away. Does anybody remember that besides me? Nobody. That's pathetic. None of you are being truthful here this morning. You just don't want to admit you were carnal at one time in your life and listen to worldly music. That's the problem. I sang that perfectly and eloquently. I am recruited often to sing in the praise team, and I just tell them I have too much to do already, so I don't have time. But God uses words. He'll speak through his word. He speaks through his spirit. He speaks through the man of God. John 1 says, in the beginning was the word. God uses words to create everything he made. God said, let there be light. So when we hear his word, it should mix with our faith and we determine how far we will go down the path of divine provision and guidance. When we choose to believe his word through faith, then we become a candidate for His will and promise. Now watch this. The reason God struggles with us sometimes and we struggle with God sometimes is because we're the only part of creation that wasn't spoken into existence. We were formed out of the of matter that was created by the spoken word of God and then God breathed into Adam, the Bible said, and he became a living soul. So when you are born again, The Bible says that we are begotten by the Word of God. We're not born again through natural process. Jesus made that clear in John 3. So now you can know God and live for God by believing and obeying His Word. And this is why we will be judged by the Word of God. So let's go back to the woman for a moment. When she stopped, when her kids stopped bringing empty vessels what happened the oil stopped the success of the miracle happening in her life was based on the content of emptiness that she could provide to god so when we are hungry and hurting as a praise team just saying we we are hungry we're we need god we need you lord we need you lord we need you. But this isn't the part of the container that we use. This isn't what we're bringing to God. We bring this to God. And God, if you feel that up, God, I am so unbelievably thirsty. Here, watch this. Watch God just fill this up. Watch here. Y'all are going to be so amazed. God, oh God, man, I'm so thirsty. Isn't that amazing? Why would you want this quantity when you can have that quantity? So we come to church every Sunday morning. God, I'm coming. I've got my prayer shoes on. And somebody said one time, God, I'm so ready. Here's my thimble. Just fill it up. The oil is here right now. The success of her miracle was based on emptiness. The oil is here right now. Is it flowing? If it is, it's because God has some emptiness here to fill up. You want to know what you do with your grief and your sadness and your depression and your heartache and your anxiety? I've experienced this through the years. I I know what I'm talking about. You want to know what to do with it? Treat it as emptiness and bring it to God. There's a, a principle as a concept here today. That, that we can talk about. We've got a little science class going on here today. I'm having fun with this right here. You're empty. This is God. This is us. How much do you want? It'll hold a hold. Can y'all see that? Waylon, can you see that from way back there? How much do you want? Oh, God, that felt good. Oh, God, that... Whew, but God, it's lunch. I, I'm sorry. I, I can't get no more than that. I have I've got. To, I can't stay in the altars more than about three minutes, and I'm going to have to head on to you know Caliente's Las Palmas. Excuse me, Las Palmas. That's where all church people go anymore. Piccadilly's too far away, so we go to Las Palmas. It's the Mexican Piccadilly. We can call it that. But God, I, I can't have no more than that. There's something on the inside of me that's saying. God, I'm here this morning, I'm coming, I'm coming, and I'm not leaving, I'm not leaving until you fill me up. God, fill me up, God, fill me up, God, fill me up, God, fill me up. up. Y'all need to follow me back up here, Eli. Y'all know what this is? Y'all should be able to recognize this bag from the back. I'm sorry, y'all. See, this is the price you pay when you sit on the back row. You can't see nothing up here. You people on the front, y'all see that? What does that say, Laney? Say it louder. Loud, a little louder. Walmart. Play like you're mad at your mother. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> this is our infamous Walmart bag. Y'all got a picture of that, of, of something back there. Throw it on the screen, Eli. The other one, go one back. There it is. Y'all recognize that? Nobody. Kind of like the song I just sang. Nobody. Y'all never been to Walmart and seen that little carousel of Walmart bags? Can somebody say yes? yes? All right. Thank you. I don't know who the people are. That's not who i out. You see them two containers sitting on the top of that carousel? Where are they going? In a bag. This is brilliant. Y'all don't understand the genius that's going into this illustration. Now throw the next one up there, Eli. You recognize that? You should because you've just seen one just like it, Walmart. Anybody else notice anything about this bag? Boy, y'all are doing good in science class today. It's empty. It's empty. Have you ever, who shops at Walmart? Raise your hand. Everybody shops at Walmart. Sister Becky, have you ever gone to Walmart and bought $200 worth of groceries? You've gone up to that cashier with two buggies of groceries. $500 worth of groceries, $1,000 worth of groceries now. And the waitress just stacks them on top of that carousel and says, Thank you, come again. Do you realize the importance of this right here? When you go to Walmart, these are so valuable at our house. Sister Murphy keeps all hours. That's where I, I didn't have to go to Walmart this morning to get this bag. It was at the house. It was in the pantry. That's right. We have some in there from Oak Point. I didn't bring that one. That's a high-class Walmart. But you realize how valuable this is? Y'all remember them old warehouse grocery stores where you just went and they didn't furnish you a bag. You brought your grocery basket, boxes if you just moved. Whatever you can find, you can walk around the store and find boxes that have been cut open and all that. That's how you toted your stuff out. And you'll also notice that them big warehouse grocery stores didn't make it. Could it be? Because they didn't give you one of these to put all your valuables in. Have you ever gone shopping? Have you ever gone to Dillard's? Buy three thousand dollars worth, bought you a whole new wardrobe. And the lady just hand them to you and say, Thank you come back. Have you men ever bought a suit and they give you that nice garment bag? They put that suit in it. And you feel just kind of fancy walking out the store and you've got your new suit and a garment bag. Am I belaboring the point? When you get home with those groceries and you tote them in one bag at a time and set them on your kitchen counter, how many have ever really thought about the value of the empty bag? All that stuff, you worked hard for that money and you went to Walmart and somebody worked hard to put it on the shelves and you pushed that buggy all around Walmart and you came up to the cashier and she checked them all out and put it in one of these that's worth how much money? How much is this worth? Chuck, you're savvy on all that. How much is a Walmart bag worth? A thousandth of a cent? 0.001 cents maybe? How much do they pay for a thousand bags at Walmart? How many do they have produced in a year? How much do you think they pay for one of these? It ain't worth anything. Not until you put something in it. Okay. Y'all, y'all, I think you're still struggling just a little bit. Let me go to the importance of the empty vessel. I'm going to skip way ahead, Eli. Y'all remember the little, the little teenage girl in the Bible that we meet her in Matthew chapter 1? Her name was Mary. <laughs> Y'all remember that? When this giant, unfathomable God said, I want to come to this planet as a man. I can redeem my people this is so cool right here for me to come the way I want to come I need a Walmart bag I need something that probably is not a whole lot of value to a lot of people probably most people I'm looking for something that really don't have a name it's not well known it's not famous I'm not looking for an NBA player. I'm not looking for the most famous politician. Come here, Laney. Today is your day. This great big old God that created the heavens and the earth said what I need to come here in order to redeem mankind is one of these. If you'll just give me one of these. I just need a beautiful, she's beautiful, I don't know about Mary, I've never seen her. I just need a, I just need a, a body. I just need a human that will just submit for just a short period of time for about, all I need her for is about nine months and she can have her life back I just need a little teenage girl with an empty womb and if I can have that I can come to this planet and change it forever and change its inhabitants into something they never dreamed they could be and so the angel Gabriel came into her room one night I don't read in the scripture one time Shelly where Mary freaked out it seems to me in the scripture that Billy this was as normal to her as anything you could imagine Mary yes oh up there yes um, God Jehovah wants to come to this planet as a man can he have your body for about nine months absolutely I'm willing whatever God wants to do and so this little girl raised her hand and said use me use me and the reason we're sitting here today with a good relationship with God all of our sins forgiven All of that is because just a young, they say, 14, 15, 16-year-old girl, her age, her age. Y'all still aren't hearing me today. Her age. God didn't look for an old seasoned mama that had already had 10 kids. He didn't look for experience. He didn't look for age and maturity and wisdom. Give me somebody that's willing I don't care how old they are. I just, I would like to have a virgin. Want a virgin. Never known a man. Because if she's not a virgin, nobody's going to believe it's not Joseph's baby. This has got to be a miracle that people can't deny. So give me a little girl that has not known a man, and I'm going to impregnate her with my spirit. And by the time I'm done, I'm going to turn her life upside down, her family, and I'm going to turn our nation upside down, and I'm going to turn the world upside down. Thank you. He was able to do it all because he found an empty vessel that was willing to be used of God now stand with me here this morning you get the point I'm finished there's people here today I wish we could understand this would you I want everybody in the building to set aside the idea that we're Pentecostal just set that aside Set aside that we're Just Set that aside. Set it aside that we live in the big old USA. Set aside the notion that we're a religion. Set all that aside. Set aside your Bible knowledge or lack thereof. Mary was not given a litmus test God chose her because he knew she was willing she was not expecting already she had not known a man and I just said he needed a virgin because it had to be a miracle that everybody could believe and not deny God is not looking for people here today And saying, I'll take you, 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 you. No, not you, not you, not you. You, 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 you. you. He don't do that. He looks for people. that will bring him just a little bit of emptiness. A little bit of longing. A little bit of desire. I brought this empty bag in here with me this morning. But I promise you, if Sister Murphy took this bag to Walmart... It would be filled up before she left I'm not saying that in a derogatory way she don't go to Walmart and look around she goes to Walmart to buy things and there's people here today that have come wanting more out of your life and your relationship with God and I watch it every Sunday I watch it every Sunday I know there's people here today that's empty that's broken that needs some assurance that needs some comfort that needs some help that needs some spiritual friendship you need some guidance you need to hear the word of God you need to hear the voice of God and you're, you're empty there's people here today that's been empty for years and you come to Grace Church which is a spiritual Walmart and there's everything you can imagine here there's a, there's a presence of God we believe in the infilling of the Holy Ghost we believe in God working miracles we've seen miracles God's performed at least three in the past three months here There are phenomenal miracles undeniable miracles And I watch people walk out the door every Sunday. They just came to look around. Let me just see. Look around and they walk out as empty as they came in. But I have a feeling here today, there's somebody here right now that you're tired of just walking out empty. I'm tired of walking out empty. I'm tired of walking out empty. Let me come back down. And she's really hurting she's grieving I don't want her to come here today and just look around and say man look at all these happy people everybody here today has experienced death in their family I've lost all my grandparents on both sides lost both parents lost two brothers I know how that feels I know how you feel today what I did is I went to the house of God said God I feel this emptiness on the inside of me you took a person out of my life that I love and adore and now I'm empty I miss them so God can you give me something the answer to that question is yes he can yes he can yes he can go back to you Thank you. there's people here today folks I want everybody to understand that if you need anything from the Lord Don't go to the world for it. Don't don't go back to the place of sadness for it. I want to say in all due respect, if you've lost a loved one, going to the cemetery is a nice thing, but that's not going to do everything that needs to be done. You have to go somewhere else. Everybody goes to a source to soothe their hurts and to feel their needs. Everybody goes to something. Why don't you shop at the spiritual Walmart here today? I'm not discounting God I'm just using that as an illustration and let him fill you up today with a peace a satisfaction he can heal your body he can heal your emotions he can heal your pray right now everybody just everybody pray with me right now everybody if you can pray let's just let's just pray right now god we've we've prayed about this service we've prayed over this service we put a lot of time and prayer and what have you into the service today and i know that right now right now in this building there's people here today that that just needs that that fulfillment that peace there's it's, it's an emptiness it's an emptiness it's hard to admit it it's hard as American people to admit with as prosperous as we all are and all of that it's just hard to admit that we're still not really that happy but I pray today God that the presence of the Lord would prevail here today that you would see longing hunger and desire there may be a little more absence of faith but the hunger's here and the desire is here and the want to is here. believing it may be a little bit of a struggle but, but the, the hunger is here I don't know if the woman that Elisha ministered to, if she had faith for all of it. She just obeyed what the prophet said, and, and the word of God came to pass. And I believe the same thing could happen for some people here today. You can make their marriage better. You can make their home better. You can make their kids better. You've done it for years and years and years, and you keep doing it till rapture comes. I pray, God, that you would move on somebody today. Talk to somebody today. Let them feel the presence of the Lord standing beside them, next to them right now. Let them them feel that assurance and comfort that, God, I may not understand all of it. I may not know all of it. I may not believe and believe all of it. But, God, I'm just going to close the door to the world and all of that outside noise and voices for a moment. And I'm gonna shut myself in with the presence of God. I'm gonna wrap myself up in my family. If we're gonna make a change, God, we're gonna do it a little bit different from now Lord.